What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to catch up with Jill Andrews over Zoom video. The first time we had Jill on the podcast, it was to discuss the project Hush Kids. We had Jill and Peter of Hush Kids on uh, that episode. So this time it was all about Jill. She kind of recapped a bit what we discussed in the first interview, uh, Born and Raised, how she got into music. And we kind of retouch on those those bits of her career. We also talk about the Everybody Fields, the first band that she was in. But we dive a lot deeper into her solo career. Jill talks about how after the Everybody Fields disbanded, she really wasn't working on music. She was teaching some guitar lessons, hanging some flyers, and some friends of hers got together and were like, Jill, you really need to to do this music thing. So she talked about putting out her first solo EP. We hear about the success of the song Rust or Gold, which really took off from Grey's Anatomy, had a sync in Grey's Anatomy. And that show like really <laughs> makes some careers. I mean, definitely a tastemaker show when it comes to, to music. So Jill talks about getting her song in Grey's Anatomy. She threw a party, like a viewing party for, for the episode that the song was in. We hear about her second EP that was crowdfunded from a Kickstarter campaign. And then the EP that Ruster Gold was on, which is called The War Inside. Uh, that was an EP that she was able to partially fund from the success of that song on uh, Grey's Anatomy. Jill talks about the releases that she put out uh, after the Hush Kids album that we discussed in the prior interview. And we hear all about the new album which is called Modern Age. You can watch our interview with Jill on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Jill Andrews. Well, um, I appreciate you doing this. This podcast is about you and uh, your journey in music. And I'll, we'll talk about the album that's coming out next month. Um, we kind of got, I mean, we, we, I heard a bit about your story in the first interview. So it'd be cool to just recap a bit and then obviously get into the, the new album. Yeah. Does that work? Yeah, that's great. Sweet. Um, so uh, I, I do remember you. Your your father's in like uh, in academics, correct? Or he's a who's a professor. So you kind of um, moved around a little bit. Yeah. So um, my dad is retired now, but he was in uh, university administration. So he was he retired as a college president. Um, of wow. Morehead State in Morehead, Kentucky. <clears throat> Very cool. Yeah. Because. I, for, I forgot. Oh, you're born in Johnson City, or you grew up in Johnson City? I grew up in Johnson City. I was born in Normal, Illinois, and we moved to Johnson City, Tennessee, because my because my dad got a job at East Tennessee State. So, yeah, we we moved. We didn't move a lot, but we that was like our big move as as a kid for me. Okay, so. how how old are you when you moved to Johnson City? Do you remember? I was about seven. Okay. Yeah. And then you moved there and then eventually was that is that like Knoxville area? I can't remember. I think you said you lived in Knoxville as well. Well, 
Um, I'm so bad I, with like Tennessee. I moved here like two and a half years ago and I'm like, I know like Nashville and then like yeah. some cities outside of it, but uh, I'm so bad with geography. That's all right. Where are you? I'm in uh, south of Nashville, like uh, Thompson okay. Station, Franklin, Franklin area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, Johnson City is really close to the border of Virginia and North Carolina. Oh, wow. So way out, way out east. On the eastern side of the state. And I also lived in Knoxville, which is uh, further west, closer to... Oh, Knoxville. That's Yeah, that's what I thought you lived in. I remember Knoxville. Okay. Yeah, but I've been in Nashville now since 2012. Okay. And um, I can't remember. How did you get into music? I do do recall you talking about singing, I think, in the church, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So growing up, I, my family, we went to a Methodist church and I, I was in choir from the time I was, you know, as super young, I don't know, like third, second or third grade, I guess, wow, okay. um, up until I was a senior in high school. I just did it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I definitely, I got a lot of experience singing in church. Um, and then uh, when I, let's see, when I moved uh, to college or when I went to college, um, I started working at a summer camp during the summer. And the first time I went, I just noticed like everyone was playing guitar and I was like, why can't I play guitar? I've never even tried. And so it was a huge inspiration. And I went home that weekend and got a guitar and brought it back to camp and didn't take it out of the case the whole week because I was like, I don't know how to play this. I don't even know why I have it. Um, (laughs) But it was, it was such a good inspiration because, so I was I was a camp counselor and I was seeing all these other people playing pretty simple songs, you know, all those campfire songs that are like G, C and D mm-hmm. minor in there every once in a while. Um, and I just I started picking stuff up from other people. And yeah, so it was just kind of it was a progression. Um, I took a few guitar lessons and as soon as I started, as soon as I could play a few chords on the guitar, I really started to write because I. I don't know. I, I had a few of those kind of old timey songbooks, and I just wasn't that interested in learning that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it was more fun for me to write my own songs, albeit they were probably bad, but that's okay. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, you do. Yeah. So <laughs> at camp, that camp really inspired you to to want to learn how to play guitar. Were you always like writing poetry or anything like that prior? Or was it yeah. when you learned how to play some chords, it was Oh, I want to do the songwriting thing. Yeah, I had always been writing. Um, I, I love to write. Um, when I was a kid, I wrote a lot of short stories. That was kind of my main medium. But I wrote poetry as well. And um, I mean, I you know, I say I didn't write songs. I didn't. I I didn't formally write songs. But I always walked around the house singing something. I was always singing something and I was always making it up, making up the words. You know, I see it in my own daughter these days. She does the same thing and it's really fun. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I have a, a seven-year-old. Uh, he he loves like just tinkering on the piano and like yeah. we got him a drum kit when the beginning of COVID because he just has like way too much energy, but we got him like an electric one. So he, he took some he, when we moved to Nashville, he took some <laughs> lessons. Yeah, I don't want him to like when we were in San Diego, we lived in a townhome and I'm like, I don't want him to like my neighbors like literally want to kill me. So yeah. uh, we got an electric kit, <laughs> the kit. But when we moved here, he got he's got lessons, which is he, he enjoys that quite a bit. 
Um, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad he's interested in music because uh, I'm not, I can play guitar and some piano chords, but I, it was, it was never anything I really, I wish I had that like skill set from an early age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I mean, gosh, it's never too late to learn a new skill, but um, yeah, there's so many things that I wish I was better at. I wish I was <laughs> fluent in Spanish. I, oh, sure. So that's another yeah. one for me too. I wish I could speak Spanish fluently. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely a, a goal of mine. I keep writing it in my long-term goals and I keep like not making it a short-term goal. So I need to work on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wish I was a better piano player. I wish I could play the drums too. Maybe your son can give me a lesson. You know. <laughs> yeah, anytime. <laughs> yeah, but there's, you know, we can do it. We're still, we're still, uh, we're still young. Yeah. <laughs> um, so was the guitar the first instrument that you learned how to play? I mean, obviously you're in vocal lessons or chorus choir, that type of thing. Um, yeah. But when it came to like an actual instrument, was the guitar the first one that you started to play? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. And I, I've played it ever since. Um, mm -hmm. I've tried my hand at a few other things. I played a little bit of banjo at one point. My daughter has a ukulele. I pick that up every once in a while. Oh, cool. I play a little bit of piano. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, guitar's my always been my main thing. Okay. And I, I do recall, I think um, that's where you met Sam and you guys kind of started. Uh, Everybody Fields was at after the camp or was it at the camp? I can't, I, I don't really remember. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when I, when I was working at this camp as a counselor, um, Sam Quinn was also a, a counselor there and, um, we met and started singing together immediately. He'd already been playing guitar and writing songs for a while at that point. Um, and he was a huge inspiration because his voice was so beautiful and his songwriting and playing was so beautiful. Um, and then we realized that we went to the same college. We both went to East Tennessee State University. So um, <clears throat> we hung out, you know, in, after camp was over, we hung out just, you know, as friends or whatever mm -hmm. around Johnson City. And we started playing a little bit of music together. But what really inspired us to get together as a band was we had a mutual friend named David Ritchie. And David, David was had a show booked at this venue in Johnson city and he asked me to play with him. And Sam was like, wait, what about me? <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, we, Sam was kind of like, I mean, I think we need to start a band. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, so we did, we started a band, me, Sam and David Ritchie. And um, it was called the everybody fields. And, and we, released three albums. It was, um, it was a really, it was a very cool band. We had a really unique sound mm -hmm. and that was from 2003 to like 2009. Yeah. You guys are, you're a band for a while. You toured and, and did the whole, like, I mean, that whole, uh, thing. Was that something like when you were still in college, did the band start to grow? And then you, you all were like, wow, this, this is something we could really pursue. Like, actually, it that... was it was after college for me. Um, oh, it was okay. Yeah, I um, I was working full time at a mental health, an outpatient mental health facility. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was working with children and youth. I was a case manager there, so I was like, every morning I was driving forty five minutes to Greenville, Tennessee, to um, 
to work with kids and I had to be there at 8 a.m. Oh, wow. <laughs> and um, that was tricky because I was also simultaneously like touring and playing in like Boone, North Carolina and Asheville and just, you know, just kind of the local regional circuit. But I was really um, I was struggling to do both because I was really busy and I loved my job but I I ended up <clears throat> I ended up quitting because I just couldn't couldn't do it all and that's that was the beginning of my full-time musical career I just was like well I don't have anything else going so let's pursue this mm -hmm. was that a I must have been a, a tough decision to make like okay like I have this job that's pretty secure and then there's this band thing happening do I do we put it all towards the band you remember making that choice? I don't remember. I think the hardest part of the decision was, you know, I was a constant in these kids' lives. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. And I felt, I definitely felt conflicted about moving on from them because I really cared for them a whole lot. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I felt like I wasn't, I wasn't doing the job as well as I could have been had I had it been my primary focus. So I just kind of let it go and let somebody else take that position. Mm -hmm. um, but I, beyond that, I don't remember it being a very, a, a very hard choice because I was so young. I was in my early twenties and I just, I didn't really have anything to lose. Mm -hmm. And it was probably, the band thing was probably pretty exciting. I mean, as yeah, performing and singing your 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 entire life and then this thing's happening and you get to tour and you know uh write songs and that you guys are a band for uh, you know a, a bit of time and you put uh, some records out and that ended up disbanding is that when you started to put out records as you know as start your solo career at that point yeah so we broke up as a band in 2009 and i had this period of at least a year. Well, I guess we probably broke up in 2008. Gosh, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> um, I had at least a One year of, those years. of trying to figure out what to do with my life. Um, I had a baby um, in 2009, my son Nico. And that was a big reason why I quit the band. It was just not, it was not a healthy place to be. Um, no one was, <laughs> no one else in the band was like, um, well, Everyone in the band was like in party mode and I just, right. I couldn't be in party mode and I really needed to take care of myself and take care of my, my little bae. But, um, yeah, so I quit and I had about a year of floundering. Um, I was well, momming, you know, <laughs> yeah, momming and also just going, what am I doing with my life? I had no backup plan whatsoever. Um, I was hanging up show posters for a a show promoter in Knoxville like and it was it was such a weird full circle situation because those posters used to have me on them <laughs> oh right yeah and then I was like pushing my baby in a stroller throughout the town hanging up show posters for other people's shows it was so strange um and I was teaching guitar lessons so those were my the only two things that I did and I think I made like 50 bucks show like hanging up those show posters every week and I'm <laughs> and I you know I 
only had like three guitar students, so you can see that I wasn't oh, wow. making a lot of money out yeah. <clears throat> trying to figure it out. Um, but I had some really good friends that encouraged me to pursue my own music. And I, for some reason, I just, I don't know, when I was on my own, it hadn't, it hadn't really occurred to me to just start my own thing for whatever mm -hmm. reason. I think I was just really afraid to take that leap, you know, cause it, it's, I get really overwhelmed by huge things mm -hmm. and starting a solo career without any support was a really overwhelming thing for me. Um, but yeah, I had some, I had some friends in Knoxville that are like, what are you doing? What, what's happening? Like you have, you are so good and why are you hanging up show posters? You know? And I was like, okay, yes. And, and those friends of mine, um, were musicians and they said, we're coming over to your house next week and we're gonna bring, I'm gonna bring a whole band <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna play. And I was like, okay <laughs> wow and then is that kind of what then formed to put out you because you put it on an ep in, in 2009 i believe your self-titled yeah. ep and yeah. uh with with that like okay you, you have this you're you're starting this solo thing and then what kind of builds or how how does it start to you know get some some traction or move forward um at that point was that a hard, were you playing shows those shows that you're hanging the posters up for like okay i gotta i'm gonna play here in knoxville and and try to get this thing off the ground like you know from that point forward how did you like was there like a moment that kind of changed that or yeah it was just it was small steps you know it's always been small steps just um so those guys came over we we played together it sounded really good and it was really exciting for me and mm -hmm. those guys, I was like, can you guys play with me? <laughs> you know? And yeah. Because I'd never hired, really hired people to play with me. It was always just like, these are the people I play with because I'm in a band. So mm -hmm. they were very willing. And I don't, I don't know. We just kind of, we just kind of got it going from there um, and started booking shows and um, just one thing after another, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you end up moving to Nashville uh, during that time, like a bit after that time period, or you had yeah. your solo thing going for a while and then, then made the move to Nashville? Yeah, I moved to Nashville. My son, Nico, and I moved to Nashville in 2012. And um, I had a, a manager that lived here in Nashville that um, that was encouraging me to come because of just like the music business world here mm -hmm. that was um that's such a huge part of how musicians make their living or can make their living um it was a a thing that i'd never tried i mean as far as i knew the way that to, the way to make money as a musician was to sell records and to tour and that's really mm -hmm. the only plan that i had but um i learned very quickly that there's a whole other world um and so I, I got hooked up with a company that was pitching my songs for film and TV um, here in Nashville. And that was a huge game changer for me, for my career, um, because there's 
there's a lot of exposure that you can get as an independent artist from your songs being in film and TV. Mm -hmm. And there's also, you know, a good stream of income that I had never tapped into. Um, yeah, because if you get those sinks, I mean, that's huge, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, some of them, some of them are very huge. Um, but yeah, so it it was it was really helpful for me. I was finally like making my way. You know, I was doing yeah. well. <clears throat> what was like the first kind of big? Like, I mean, not only. I mean, getting a sink in general is is a massive accomplishment, but what was like a big one? You're like, whoa, this, you know, really changed or people are not only hearing your song on this show or whatever it may be, but then searching you out and wanting to, you know, you know, become a fan of yours just based off of a, maybe something they heard on a show. Yeah. I mean, the first like huge, the one that I was most impacted by was, um, I had a song called Rust or Gold, which is from my album, The War Inside. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> that song was on Grey's Anatomy. Oh, that's, I was thinking to myself, I was going to ask, I was going to say, did you have a sing on Grey's Anatomy? I swear that show was like such a tastemaker show. It's crazy. It still is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. So that was, that was the first the first one and I actually I threw a party <laughs> I was like I was so excited um and that song um it was so that album wasn't done yet so that was a huge way for me to be able to pay for that album I mean that really helped um and that album took years to make <laughs> so it's a very expensive process but um yeah, that was just such a game changer for me. And it was kind of one of those things where I could call my parents and be like, look, I did it. I'm doing it. Yeah. All and the worries, all the sleepless nights you've had worrying about me, you know, me and my, me being a single mom over here with your sweet grandchild. Yeah. He's going to you know, be okay. <laughs> <laughs> so was that for the war inside that that's the album that, that um, you were able to fund based yeah. off of the Grey's Anatomy thing? Yeah, I mean that was that was a way that I partially funded it. Yeah, partially funded it. Mm -hmm. But the album before that, the mirror, you had a, like a Kickstarter, right? I mean, you were able to raise money on a Kickstarter. That's so impressive, as you know, in itself, to have that many people being like, "That you're really talented. Uh, we we want to invest our money because we know that you could make a great record from that." Yeah, it's true. I mean, gosh, and that was kind of the beginning of. Um, fan funding stuff you know mm -hmm. that, that was the first time i'd ever done it and it blew me away that there were that many people out there that wanted to support me in that way it was amazing and especially for an independent artist you know it's like i didn't have a label that was giving me money it was just it was all my money going into it so mm -hmm. it was it was just kind of a way for me to like pre-sell my album and sure. it was awesome yeah that's so cool. Um, and then, yeah, I think, I mean, you put that album in 2015 uh, or The Warren Side and you had the big sync and were you just like supporting the album? Like, did you, were you able to tour? I mean, it must have been difficult having your son and doing the kind of juggling both of those things. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, looking back on it, it's a little bit of a blur. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Honestly, and a little unfortunately, because, you know, you want to, you don't want to look at your life as a blur ever, but um, 
yeah I mean he was he was in school I got him in a great school and he was he was just doing great we were in a awesome a sweet little apartment in East Nashville that was very walkable and we were safe um and so I was able to work you know every day because mm. he was in school and it just I don't know it, it just all worked out it's mm -hmm. still all working out that's so great yeah. um and then around two, 2015 is when you met Peter and you guys eventually started Hush Kids and put a record out or two records out because last time I talked to you uh you had put out or you're about to put out um I think Weatherman from mm -hmm. 2021 um so yes yeah, so I mean it's was that a project that you guys were working together. I know you did records on as a solo artist around 2020 as well, but there's kind of a gap there. Was it mainly because you guys were working on that, those first, uh, that first album with, uh, Hush Kids. Yeah. Like a gap in my own. Yeah. And your own solo project, not as an artist, but just as you were putting out records under just, you know, Jill Andrews. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Um, I, I was very, very focused on Hush Kids for a while. It was like, it was just kind of like the main thing that I was working on. And then I, after we released that album, I was like, okay, I need to, I really need to get back to my own stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think I've kind of at this point just felt like there's a better rhythm to, to everything, you know? Mm -hmm. um, Cause I really, I love, I love working with Peter. Um, definitely he's amazing um but i also lo really love putting out my own stuff and really focusing on that as well yeah <clears throat> i mean you put out two two eps in 2021 was that like all like i mean you had a lot of music obviously you you did that hush kids record and then you put out two eps in the same year um and i mean that's <laughs> that, that must have been a lot of like writing you must have had a lot uh to say around that point well, the the EPs that I put out in 2021, um, they actually were not new songs. I'd had it was it was an interesting it was an interesting time. You know, we were in the in the heart pandemic, of the pandemic, yeah. And I was like everybody else, trying to figure out what to do with my life and what to do with my career and how to make it all work. And um, I had I just had an idea that I had. I just had a lot of songs kind of laying around that had already been recorded, but I'd never released them. Oh, okay. And so <clears throat> one of them that I released um, was Ellen, mm -hmm. which is, it was a lot of old recordings from like when I first moved to Nashville. So um, yeah, kind of an older, just an older sound, um, but songs that I love. And, and then I released Vultures, which is, a, a bunch of songs that I had laying around that I had worked with different producers. Um, and it's more electronic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's definitely different. different than your other albums for sure. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, in the co-writing world here in Nashville, I do a lot of co-writing and in the co-writing world, I'm writing all kinds of songs, you know, songs mm -hmm. that no one will ever hear unless I choose <laughs> to, you know, unless I choose to put them out or if they land in a, another artist show or whatever yeah um and so you have an album coming out next month uh modern yeah. age and August. just the story 
Yeah, the story that I read about it, um, I mean, I'll let you obviously tell it, but it sounds like there was, you know, something major happened and that kind of what sparked the you to write this record. Um, you know, tell me, tell me about the album. Yeah. So, um, a few years ago, one of my friends passed away. Um, she was a childhood friend. We grew up in the same neighborhood. Um, I lived in, in this cul-de-sac and she lived in this cul-de-sac. I mean, we were so oh, close together. Yeah. Um, and we rode the bus together. Um, and we were just we were just really good friends. Um, we had we had lost touch uh, in our adulthood. We'd kept up some, like I played at her wedding and stuff like that. But <clears throat> but at that period of time, we hadn't really kept up with each other too well. And um, I uh, so I I had heard that she had passed away, and she had she had such a such a hard a hard go of it. Um, she had gone through recovery for a while. She, I mean, she was an addict at one point in her life, mm-hmm. and she'd gone through a period of recovery, and then she kind of fallen fallen back into. Oh man, I'm in recovery, so like uh, that's what what really like when I was reading that. I didn't know if you wanted, if I wasn't gonna say it until you wanted to bring up the story. But yeah, I mean, I've watched a lot of people go back out, and you know, some of them don't, you know, make it. It's unfortunate. It's just such a it's hard. I mean, it's a, it's a disease and yeah. um, Yeah. And so I, I went back to Johnson city. I don't have any, I don't really have ties in Johnson city anymore. My family doesn't live there. Um, and I just, I mean, I have some friends from high school and that I, that I grew up with. So I I still have some friends there, but I I don't go back very often. And Mm -hmm during that period of time, you know, I went and sang at her memorial service. Um, and I just, I don't know. I just, I spent a lot of time on that trip, really, really like wandering through the city and, and kind of reliving some of my childhood memories, like walking my old neighborhood and, um, you know, the place I, place I used to ride bikes and the fields I used to run in as a kid and the place where my cat is buried, you know, and, um, just stuff like that. I spent a lot of time in that town and it, it just kind of brought this whole wave of memories back to me and I just wanted to write about it. So that's, that's where Modern Age, my new record, that's kind of the origin story of it. Um, it's a lot about, those memories as a kid but like looking back from from where we are now and I it's I guess for it's probably for everybody but I never could in a million years could have imagined how much life has changed um for everyone Mm -hmm. from when I was a kid to now and um I mean I attribute that so much to technology oh yeah I never would have ever imagined um that are such a part of our daily life now like the iphone um it's it's changed our culture in so many ways some good and some horrific and um as a parent like i guess i was i was writing this album kind of like in this like 
where I am now as a parent looking back and and really um, feeling just feeling a loss for um, just how simple things were. I mean, they weren't simple for everybody, but fortunately, when I look back on my life, it was pretty, pretty damn simple mm-hmm. um, and happy. And um, yeah, and there's a futuristic sort of element to this record. Um, the album cover is has a picture of me and I have this like globe over my head. And a lot of people have questioned me like, what is that? Um, I worked with a photographer named Fairlight Hubbard. I've worked with her pretty much with exclusively for everything. She's so good, so creative, and I just love her. Um, and we were spitballing a bunch of ideas and, you know, things that are kind of nostalgic. And she came up with this idea to have this globe over my head that was kind of like this futuristic viewfinder. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you look really closely in the picture, in the globe, there are pictures um, like pasted on the globe of... I'm looking at... Of me when I was younger with some of my friends and just like... Oh, wow. Memories. Yeah, it's... It's really cool because a lot of people haven't noticed it. I didn't notice that at all. And I've looked at the album cover a handful of times. Yeah. I mean, it's only been on a thumbnail on like on the internet, you know? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. There's like a picture of you like at a dance. Yeah. And like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. Like I didn't. I would if you wouldn't have said that I would have never noticed that. Yeah, I mean, and the idea behind that and kind of the theme of the album is it is kind of like modern age is kind of like in a way it's like space age because it's the modern age that we live in feels so futuristic. Right. Where I grew up, you know. Um like the advent of AI and just, uh, just all That's of it, just mind blowing the it's AI all, stuff. It's all crazy to me. Um, and so there's a lot of elements like musical elements in this record that feel more futuristic too, I think. And, and also at the same time, like nostalgic, it's kind mm-hmm. of a strange mix. That's great. I mean, that's a cool, the, the, the album cover still tripped me out. I didn't even notice that before, but um, yeah, I, yeah, I, Sorry, go ahead. Gonna, sorry, I was just going to say, I, I'm i going to be on a billboard. <laughs> Are you really? Yeah. This oh, is wow. Like, yeah, so I'm really excited. And it's going to be huge. And so I, I'm i really excited because I think it'll be more obvious, you know, that there's pictures in the yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, now that you it. said it, I can see it from the thumbnail. But yeah, I, yeah. it was just like, you know, you just take a glance at it and you're like, oh, cool. She's got, you know, it's kind of like an astronaut. I was thinking it was more of like an astronaut helmet. But yeah. now it uh, the whole it makes obviously you describing it makes a lot more sense. And now I'm seeing it just even in the thumbnail when. But yeah. before I just kind of glanced over, I was, oh, that's just the glare from the lighting or whatever. But no. Right. Wow. Where's the billboard going to be? I need to drive by it. Yeah, you should. Um, It's going to be it's going to be where I think it's where 40 and 24 split right before the Cumberland River. Oh, wow. That's a le- that's a good ideal location. Yeah, if that is, I'm probably worse at geography than you are, but if that is accurate, what I just said, yeah, it's an <laughs> amazing location. <laughs> so I, it's only going to be up for two weeks because that's all I could get because um, it's, you know, coveted. It's per- yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. Is this going to be the first time you'll you'll be on a billboard? Yeah, yeah, it is. And I've been I've been kind of kicking around the idea for years. So this time I was just like, I'm going for it. My husband did like a ton of research, um, because he was like, this would be so cool. And so he like helped me find a really good location. And yeah, he was really helpful. That's so awesome. I yeah, once you find it. I'm sure you'll post about it or something, but I'm going to drive by when I, when it's up. Yeah, it's <laughs> but don't like get in a rack or anything. <laughs> uh, I'll be in the passenger seat. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean the concept, everything you're talking about is, is so true as far as my, even my, you know, my upbringing, we're of similar age and it's like, yeah, you just went outside and you just came like, there's no way, and it terrifies me now. If I, if I just said, you know, to my son, like, you can go outside and just come back, you know, it's like, yeah, I w- like that need to know exactly where he is at every moment of the day just wasn't even a thing. I mean, yeah. we would just somehow end up, you know, so far from the house and yeah. call my mom, you know, call your parents on the like collect. I remember you'd call collect and be like, pick me up at blah, blah, blah. Like, like when it's like, say your name. <laughs> and so they didn't have to like accept charges. That. That is hilarious. Um, so it, it's just such a different world. Now it's like, we need to know where everybody is. And then AI people are making like their headshots on AI. I'm like, this is so crazy. I can't even believe this. Yeah. But um, what was yeah. the, like, was there a song that you wrote and you're like, okay, like kind of, you know, taking in all of that and putting a song down and being like this, I'm, I have a clear vision of I want to write an album and I want to use like this kind of idea behind it. Yeah. Um, well, um, I wrote a song called eighties baby, um, which is actually coming out pretty soon as a single before the album comes out. Oh, cool. I'm, I have the track listing here, but so I think that's the first song in the record too. It is. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I wrote that song with Peter Gronwald actually from Hush Kids. Uh, oh, Wow. Yeah, I wrote three songs on this album with him. So he's he's always a part of what I'm doing. Um, That's cool. I like to keep him in keep him in the mix. But um, yeah, that song is it's so much about what I was talking about. Um, just the simplicity of my own personal experience as a child in the '80s, um, comparing it to to now. But it's mostly mm-hmm. just a song about. It's mostly just a nostalgic kind of moody song. Just, um, yeah, just missing some of those simple times. Mm-hmm. And so the album's coming out and then you're doing a tour to support it. I know Well, you're going overseas too. You're doing like the UK. Uh, yeah. That's I'm sure that'll be really exciting. But you're, you're playing Nashville and you're doing uh, a lot of the, you know, from Atlanta and North Carolina, like this kind of southern eastern realm of the the country, which that's really awesome. And then going going to the UK, yeah. And I have I have a lot more um, tour dates that are in the works right now. Like, because right now it's mostly just um, like what you were saying, kind of um, uh, North Carolina, Georgia, more like regional stuff. But I'm gonna be hitting the West Coast and the wow. Northeast. Midwest all I'm gonna just be trying to hit all of it eventually you know during the next year or something like that I don't know yeah so I'm that's not exciting all the time but I'm like 
on the road a good bit, you know, and yeah, I'm super excited about going back to the UK. This will be my second time and I'm actually going over there twice in the next few months um, because I'm playing a festival in August. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, that's really exciting. Are you working on Hush Kids stuff as well? Or I know you just put a record out a couple of years ago with that, but um, is that something that you're always kind of working on or is that just like a passion project that happens when it happens? Yeah, I mean, we, we've been trying to get together and write um, and that's, that's kind of where it's at right now, just mm-hmm. kind of gathering songs and, you know, when you have enough, um, when we have enough, I'm sure we'll do something with them. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jill, for for doing this again. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Adam. It was really, really nice to talk to you. Yeah, I can't wait to see your billboard. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I have one more question for you. I asked this last time, but I'm going to ask again. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Um, that's a that's a good question. Um, I would say. I would say just like the most important thing that I've done is just to not compare myself to other people as much as possible. I mean, it's absolutely impossible not to ever do it, but um, I think there's so much, there's so much effort and so much um, emphasis put on like marketing yourself and self-promotion these days that was not around when I first started playing music. And there was opportunity for space and creativity that there is not anymore. Um, And so just creating that space for yourself, I think, is really important because the most important thing you can do as a as an artist is create, create things that you're proud of. Um, And the marketing of yourself and everything is important, but it's way, way less important than what you're actually creating.